Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. You're in. You fucking idiot. You just let me into your Amazon account. <laughs> what are you thinking? I figured it might be fun. Well, okay. Well, let's record it and see what happens. Hello, it's my mate, Bought a Toaster. And joining me today, a fabulous comedian who is also... I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, Suze. You're kind of the queen of my Twitter. The first thing I do every day is get up and <laughs> like and retweet your tweets. <laughs> Thank you. Keep it up. <laughs> I, I will, mate. I absolutely will. Uh, that is the voice of Suze Kempner, um, who has let me into her Amazon account. Suze, you absolute idiot. What, you, <laughs> what were you thinking? I don't know. I just wanted to, everyone to see how many wigs I bought. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, are we going to discover a lot of Queen merch, obviously, because you've got your Queen podcast? You probably will, actually. Yeah, thinking about it. I swear that's where I... Because, like, problem with Amazon is... It's right there. I have described Amazon as it allows us, Amazon Prime allows us all to live the lifestyle of a rich man in the 1920s. Because now you just go, I want this thing and you can just have it the next day. Yes. That, basically, Ask Jeeves came along and tried to be that. And mm. it was like, no, 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 mate, that's just a brand. Yeah. Now we genuinely do have a Jeeves on our hands. It's so yeah. fucking true. It's an, like, you know, despicable company and all that. But, oh, we done off. Get there quick. <laughs> oh, mate. Done it. Done it. I, do you know what? I, this morning, I did a little uh, Amazon Fresh. Have you, ever, have you ever indulged in a little Amazon, Amazon Fresh? Fresh? No. What's that? Like groceries? Yeah, groceries. So I was sitting uh, at the table at 7.30 this morning, mm. shouting through to various members of my family, do you need more Weetabix? <laughs> I said, do you want more Weetabix? And it's arriving in about an hour. Oh, that's crazy. So it literally gets there same day. Yeah, man. Oh, mate. So you see what businesses can do when they don't pay any tax. It really streamlines. Oh, it does, doesn't yeah. it? Really good. Um, so the first thing I notice, Susan, this yeah. does tell us that you are living in the 1920s. Yeah. Uh, I can see buy it again. And that kind of reveals the current <laughs> Susan Kempner, Um, who uh, the two things it suggests you buy again. One is LA Pacific Enzyme Teeth Whitening Toothpaste. Oh, yeah, I've bought that a couple of times. And the other is raspberry flavoured vodka. Oh, so you want me to buy that again? It wants I'm, you to get it. It thinks you need some. I mean, I've only had a bit of the one I've got. And I've had it for like two weeks. So. Well, obviously, it's based on previous uh, consumption of uh, vodka, and it assumes you need a new you need a new one every two days. Oh wow! Well, look, I will hold off until I finish the current bottle of Absolute Raspberry Vodka. All right. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to the vodka. Okay. Feel free to sip on some uh, on some raspberry uh, flavored vodka as we go. Sure. I know it's eleven a.m. I haven't got any in directly in front of me, but I do have a bottle of Creme de Month. Yeah, I'll start Lovely. that. Hang on, I'll open oh. it. I'll do some ASMR. I'll open it on the. Oh, oh, there you go. Hello, I'm going to drink Quinta Month directly out of a bottle now. Mmm. <laughs> that was that was kind of ASMR done by a witch. <laughs> <laughs> if the shoe fits. <laughs> Right, so we are going back in time. Right, we're going to two thousand and. Are you genuinely drinking now? By the way, yeah, I did just have a bit. 
as no, I didn't like it. Yeah, oh. creme de menthe for 11 a.m. Good stuff and all. It's not the green stuff. It's the clear stuff. Apparently clear better. Is it? Is it sort of creme de menthe? Does it, does it slip into the Baileys camp? Because that's where I'm living in the Baileys camp. Ah, no. It's basically, it's clear like vodka, but it mm. tastes like sweet mint. Right. Oh, my God. But not so sweet can... enough. It's sort of a combination of your two products, the toothpaste and the vodka. That's true. Oh, oh my mate. God. Buy it again. There you go. Saving you money <laughs> and you. keeping your teeth clean. Yeah. Listen, 2008, 1st of October 2008, you have bought uh, a man of no importance vocal selections. This is for the piano, vocal and chords. Because this And this points straight away, of course, to your, uh, your musical background. That's a, that would have been a gift for my brother. Oh, so is that the first thing I ever bought? The on first Amazon? thing you bought? <gasps> yeah, that's the that 2008 bloody hell. Yeah, that was the first thing I ever bought, and it was a gift from my brother. And why was it a gift for your brother? Why were you buying him that? Is into his music? He, yeah, yeah, he's a singer as well. He's he he used to do musical theatre. Um, he was doing that uh, before he was doing comedy. So yeah, he'd still been doing musical theatre then. Probably needed that score. There you go. So I got it for him. Ah, oh, so you did you grow up in a very musical house? Then, your brother's musical as well. One could say I did. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah, lots of lots of singing and playing bad piano. We're really bad pianists in my house. Oh, uh, really? We have a go, but we're bad at it. Like just naturally terrible at playing the piano. Um, but we owned right. a keyboard, so lots of hammering of it went yeah. on. <laughs> it is. It is. You know that is the whole point of being. That's basically what self-taught means, yeah. isn't it? Just being, just being as shonky as you can for as long as you can and then That's accidentally it. getting good one Do you know day. what, though? We had lessons as a kid, um, which, oh, God, it gives the impression. We had piano lessons as children. They were like cheapo lessons from a woman who uh, lived in the next town um, and didn't do grades or anything. But I have a feeling she was quite a crap teacher, actually, because <laughs> mm. we're both bad pianists. That's what happens when you get cheap lessons. I used to <laughs> I, I used to skive my piano lessons. Oh, how did yeah. you manage that? I just didn't go. I'd stay because it was a case of leaving a normal class to go and have a piano lesson. Oh, elsewhere. I see. Good. Well, how old are you? If you don't mind me asking. Oh, I'm forty fucking years old. Oh, okay. So, like, so I'm thirty six. So mm. we grew up when. So, like, oh, let me think. So that would mean you were at school. No, no, actually, it would have been pre. This is live maths. Live maths with Suze Kempner. So I was, do you know what? I was, when I was at school, mm. I was I was 17 when, when New Labour yeah. arrived on the scene. And you must have been about, what, 12? 12, I was 12. Yeah, right. and it, it was like, like I don't have that many nice things about to say about Tony Blair, but the education system improved so much and there was loads of music. Um, yeah. And there was loads of money in music and drama at school. So I got free uh, singing lessons when I was about 14 they were free really? yeah they were like subsidized by your taxes so you're welcome everybody <laughs> so technically this yeah. this huge career that you've built around singing and music yeah you can't that's we we did that for you yeah it all started with new labor and the taxpayer thanks guys oh my god should have put the money in trident <laughs> <laughs> Blow I me up. Of, I sort of feel like the the 
Well, I was about to say the state should have a percentage of your income, but I yeah. guess that's tax. Isn't yeah, it? that's my tax. So, I pay that. Also, yeah. I don't really, I don't earn very much, so should have done better, shouldn't you, new Labour? Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've had some creme de month. <laughs> Might have a little bit more. Just burning John Prescott live on my mm. Maple Toaster. Yum, yum, yum. He, John Prescott, he's my favourite one. Yeah, well, he was old Labour, wasn't he? Proper. Yeah, exactly. He was there on the front bench saying, I like, I say what I like and I like what I bloody well say. And I will punch people. <laughs> yeah, I, two I, jabs. I, Two, two, two jags, two jabs. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> genius. Um, okay, let's move on now to yeah. 2009. Okay. Suze. God, was I buying stuff in 2009? Yes, you were, and you absolutely smashed it. This is brilliant. Okay. Now, this writer has come to the fore recently. Various people uh, have, have started speaking about her as they should, as being a genuine genius, and she should right. be in the canon, and she should be taught in schools, because she is a genius, right? Yeah. Jilly Cooper. Oh, did I buy some Jilly Cooper books? Dude. Did you say 2009? Dude, you went, you bought Polo, Score, <laughs> Rivals, and Appassionata. Ah, that's weird. I know what this is. 2009. Was it like November ish, 2009? I'm going to tell you. It was yeah. the 13th of November. <laughs> right. This was a birthday present for my friend Philippa Cookman, who had read one Jilly Cooper, and I was like, oh, Oh fucking good! You gotta fucking read all of them. So I bought her the whole collection. <laughs> so can you give us? Can you give us the slightly, slightly less aggressive uh, pitch? Yeah. Maybe, maybe actually no. Fuck it. Give us a really aggressive pitch for Jilly. Like like you're a sort of street Jilly Cooper hustler. Come sure. Here, okay. So if you like the idea of reading aspirational novels about really posh rich people living lavish lifestyles and they're all fucking each other and they've all got horses, um, you will love Jilly Cooper. I am not into these sort of they call them like the bulk busters i've read others like i've tried reading jackie collins because i find the books i find jilly cooper books are riot Mm. um but i've never got into any others it's always jilly cooper and i think it's because there's an element of self-awareness like she there's an element that she's parodying the form Yes, she knows what that. she's doing. Yeah. She's, she's sort of winking at herself in a mirror That's while she does it. it. Yeah, she's doing something in a mirror. And, <laughs> but the later ones, so once you get past um, score, they mm. go, they're bad. <laughs> they're not good anymore. So I don't read the new one. I don't read any after score, which I think came out in about the late 90s. Oh, is that right? Well, just the, qu- the quality drops off. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Does it? Does it? <laughs> Really does, yeah. It makes me feel like she had a co-writer who died or something. (laughs) (laughs) There was a story about her that that everyone, well, I I wonder if it'll leap into everyone's heads. She was on the the horrific Paddington train crash. Do you know about this? Oh, my God. Yeah, she was was on board. And, uh, I mean, obviously she survived. Yeah. Uh, But she left her book, her brand new book. On the train. Yes, she, I did know this. Yeah. And she started trampling back through the wreckage, trying mm. to get back onto the fucking train. Her manuscript. Come, let me on! Let me on! <laughs> but she was the highest paid journalist on Fleet Street. Not just woman on Fleet Street. She was the highest paid journalist on Fleet Street. So she must have been a cracking writer, and I bet mm. she's got sharp elbows. But, you know, everyone gets old and needs an editor, don't they? Yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? you got to have an editor. Ginny um, yeah. Cooper's Riders, this is Jeeds who's written this review. Ginny yeah. Cooper's Riders has long been one of my favourite novels, and I finally got around to reading Polo. I have read other Ginny Cooper books, Harriet, Rivals and Jump, but I must say Polo has to be my favourite Polo, of them all. Polo's the best one. The book is definitely a bit of a marathon read, at over <laughs> 750 pages. Yeah. 
fuck, you know. But I didn't find it a slog at all. And in fact, when I got down to the last hundred pages, I was sad I was reaching the end. Oh, Polo. I have reread Polo probably like five times. And you do, you get to the end, you go, oh. No, I love that. I mean, that's hard to achieve as a writer, to actually get people to sort of, you know, indulge in your world and believe in it that yeah. much. I didn't have the same problem with Stephen King's The Stand. Oh, mate. A book a I enjoyed, one. but I got to the end of it and went, oh, thank God for that. Yeah. Isn't The Stand the one where they all get a terrible thing on their neck or they, they all get fat necks? That's oh, yeah, they do. Yeah, it's a, um, sorry, I just cracked one of my uh, toe knuckles. If I'm you... not taking that out. I'm not editing that out. We'll keep that You'll in. hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do another one. Hang on. Go on. It won't work. This is, good. this is good ASMR now. Yeah, it's like opposite ASMR. Yeah. Cursed ASMR. Hang on, I'll do the other foot. Here we go. Uh, there you go. Oh, I love. Oh, <laughs> I'll oh. do all my I'll do my hands. Yeah. Joy! Do you ever go do you ever go to a chiropractor? Have you ever had the full No way. That's a that's bloody um quackery. It is quackery, isn't it? This is what they say. But well, yeah. I, I went I went to one because my back was bad recently. Oh yeah. And uh, the hypnosis of, of feeling your back crack does mm. make you think your back has got better. I can imagine, actually, yeah. I've done it, like, when you're in the car. If you <laughs> if you push back on the steering wheel and, like, angle your back properly, your back will go, like, boop, boop, boop. And it does, uh, it does make you go, like, ah. Yeah, you relax a bit. Yeah. That's a good, good guide to self-chiropractic. Yeah, don't bother paying some quack. Just, <laughs> just sit in the car properly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so Jilly Cooper, you yeah. bought for your mate in 2009. 2009, what, yeah. What are you doing with your life at this point, please? Susan? Oh, at that point, so me and Philippa were at the Royal Academy of Music doing a postgrad in musical theatre. And we right. were like the, the two, we were the two uh, naughty people on the course. Actually, there were loads of terribly behaved people on the course. But me and Philippa sort of rocked up like, all right, everybody, what's going on here then? And, um, there was a lot of throughout the year. She was six foot and I'm five foot one and we both sort of sound like this. And they, there was a lot of on the course tutors going, we just don't know what to do with either of you. <laughs> so was it was it clear from that fucking about that you were going to head in a comedy direction or were you just naughty? I was already doing stand-up by then. Two, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like early 2009, I started doing stand-up and then I went to the academy for a year uh, and that's I still a, did stand-up while I was there. That's an interesting uh, sort of change in direction. Why did you just to kind of, why, why did you, did, did it help your stand up? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it was uh, the, the year I spent at the academy was the best year of my life. And um, it was very, very good for my confidence, which made it good for my stand up. Yes. <laughs> I'd only been doing stand up six months though when I went. Right. Uh, yeah, we're coming up on the 12 year anniversary of be doing stand up. Oh, so yeah mm. but yeah the the royal academy of music best year ever learned so much i'd like to go i'd like to go somewhere for a year that just gives me tremendous confidence yeah do you know what i mean just the royal academy of self self-confidence yeah and just get bigged up a lot it's quite good as well saying yeah i went to the royal academy of music people are always like oh right and then cut to me rolling around on the floor of the dance studio going ah <laughs> and like Money was going towards that. Like I saved up a lot of money to go there. <laughs> My matey bought a toaster. Listen, let's move on then. So, 2011, you've got the confidence of a year yeah. at the Royal Academy. Yeah, all fucking graduated. About on the floor. Yeah, all graduated about. up. Um, and you are buying stuff in 2011. This is interesting. November 2011. Coloured contact lenses. 
I remember go. that. I wanted at the time my hair was dyed real super black, and uh, I had been. My friend was watching New Girl with Zoe Deschanel, and I and she said, "Hey." If you had blue eyes, you could pull off that look. And I bought some blue contacts and I literally put them in once, looked very scary and took them straight out and then just threw them in the bin. <laughs> and that's the end of that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I thought it would be fun. I was like, this could be a whole new world for me. Blue-eyed Sue's. And it lasted uh, about 20 minutes. Also, what a way to rebrand yourself. Like it's, the most, <laughs> it's like the subtlest thing. Do you know what I mean? It's like... yeah. Your eye colour, I mean, maybe maybe people do really notice it, but I used to I do think a thing. would with me. I am yeah. pretty much like about four-fifths eye. So. <laughs> Speaking as someone who my ability to act is based entirely on watching loads and loads of friends and realising that the best bits were when Joey did the eyes. Mm-hmm, and then I, I clocked this in about 2001 and just right. started doing that in all my auditions and started getting loads of Yeah, parts. they do. People go like, oh, this person can act. Yeah. yeah. It's honestly, you don't need you don't even need a year at, at the Royal Academy. Well, I'm going in fact, yeah. fact, I'm going to invent the Royal Academy of just use your eyes. And <laughs> it, try not to blow. This is Michael Caine does this in his um online acting tutorials. I don't know if you've seen them. Right. Fast, fast I have. Yeah, he's got that leather jacket on. Yeah, see, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's smoking. Yeah. And it's it's just basically it's just your eyes. Don't don't blink because that gives the editor an excuse to cut away if you blink. Mm. And and you use your eyes well. The end. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Film is way is actually way more technical than theatre because people would think like, oh, theatre is really heightened acting, whereas film's really naturalistic. Whereas film and TV, you do nothing because the camera is in your face. If anything, you've got you've got to sort of tell yourself that you're just a bit above all this. <laughs> yeah. You just kind of just kind do of nothing. a bit over it. Just do nothing. Just do nothing. Yeah. Um. All right. There you are. We're giving okay. we're giving away a lot of stuff. On this podcast, Susan. Yeah. This is, like, this is great life Free advice. Free info, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, giving the taxpayer back what mm-hmm. they uh, invested in you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, yeah. This is a book called Incredible Sex. Brilliant Little Ideas by Marcel Perks. Whether you're single and want to get more out of your sexual encounters, or you've been married for donkeys and need to pull put the zing back into your lovemaking, you're holding <laughs> the solution to all your sexual dilemmas. Three ninety nine on Kindle, mate. Kindle. Mm-hmm. Was it? Did you say 2011? Mm-hmm. Right. Was that? Did it? Did it also have Stephen King's The Cell on that? Order? Yes, it did. This, right. I know what this is. Howard bought me a Kindle for Christmas. <laughs> and Amazing. He he, lo- he said, "I've loaded on a couple of books you'll enjoy," and he put the <laughs> he put a sex book on there because he thought that would be very funny. But he but I did actually like Stephen King's The Cell. Yeah, that was that was my first two um kindle books yeah <laughs> wow i mean it's a good job you didn't open stephen king's the cell thinking that was the sex book that would have been... <laughs> like oh it's horrible <laughs> this is terrifying to watch with a phone um i mean who okay good i'm glad that was a joke because that means we can really take the piss out of this incredible sex <laughs> brilliant little ideas um who buys these fucking books? yeah who is actually was it did it cost money because quite a lot of these books would be like you can get um People give away books for free on Kindle, don't they? So, uh, but like, who would pay for that on <laughs> a Kindle? Three ninety nine. Hugo's That's written a review. Crazy. Listen to this. A great book. A great book. However, two months after getting this, I had a prostate operation, which negated <laughs> its use. Ah, oh, loads of people mugging it off. <laughs> 
Um, Graham, not a bad storyline. It is what it was intended to be. It is basically a story with sexual content worth a read. Uh, really basic, lots of repetition. I mean, that's what sex is, to be fair. Um, yeah, just do it again if it's good. Uh, Marie says, I gave Incredible Sex two stars because I thought it was lame. Nothing in it was OMG. I got to try this. Most things were things that even most people have already thought of or are doing wow. now. Oh, now. I love. Bloody hell, love. Nothing worse than someone who's sexually confident. <laughs> you have to be sexually apologetic. Um, someone called Amy said, uh, good for the shy. I imagine this book would be very good for those who are shy in the bedroom. For those like me who already have an open mind, all this book does is tell you what you already know. Putting on nice knickers will make your partner horny. Really? These wow, are just people showing off. They're like... <laughs> I, hey guys, I'm an Amazon reviewer who already does loads of great stuff in the bedroom. Like, oh, good for you. <laughs> I am a, I'm an Amazon reviewer drowning in sex. Yeah. I don't even know glug, why I'm Glug, glug, glug. <laughs> I'm going to drown in some creme de month. Yeah, just keep going with that. I like this. First time we've had someone drinking while we record my mate bought a toaster. Yeah, because um, it's 11.30 in the morning. Yeah, oh, come on, mate. Uh, it's, your, it's your run up for lunch. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. subscribe to our podcast you know it's all about how to get the most out of your partner and we're partners so we know all about it it's good get it wherever you want to get it when you go and get it from your podcast place richard and greta you know you know 2012 now okay uh i mean we've got a charger for a nokia oh lovely stuff. bloody hell oh god i wish you hadn't seen that oh. <laughs> listen, listen mate if you want me to edit that out that I completely understand. <laughs> oh god please take that oh my god yeah you will have friends and family listening to this <laughs> um elsewhere loads of great books um i captured the castle oh uh, i was in a musical of it so i probably went i'm gonna read the back and then i never uh, did <laughs> fine um so so in terms of being in musicals how often yeah. do you end up in musicals how often do you end up just doing stand-up 
Uh, I, at the moment, I collab like in the last few years, I sort of gave up auditioning for musical theatre because it is a horrendous experience. Um, and Why? I, because it's because like you. A I walk in the room and they're like, "She's not pretty, but she's not ugly. She's not a she's not a leading lady, but she's not a pure character actress. What's a boy to do?" <laughs> so yeah, they just be like, "We don't know what to do with you." Um, so I would. Uh, so I've started collaborating quite a lot with uh, Richard Thomas, who wrote Jerry Springer, the opera. Um, yes. And we are like outliers. <laughs> and yeah, we we uh, we hit it off and do a lot of stuff together. He's written a show called Wrong Songs, which is um, I sing, he plays and he commentates. And we sing lots of long and very short songs, like oh, yes. musical one-liners, that kind of thing. But yeah, oh, so I'm doing a lot He's of that. Brilliant. He's he brilliant. is amazing. Yeah. That is a good match. And he knows everybody. He knows Chris Morris, Tracy Allman, Stuart Lee. He knows everybody. He's been around for years. He was was Mr. Jerry Springer. I mean, I remember that show when it first popped up at Edinburgh. Yeah. It was massive. He's he's a big deal. He's a genius. He is. He he, um, is annoying. He rings me a lot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> listen if there's one thing it's important to do in your career always get on someone's coattails <laughs> yeah that's what i'm doing just hop on nothing <laughs> wrong with that um, 8th of may 2012 uh, a gg tin uh, of brazilian body hard wax <laughs> oh yeah i think i was like i'm gonna start waxing my own legs <laughs> that didn't last very long <laughs> i was like then you then they're smooth for longer I'm like it's, it's the- fucking agony as well isn't it uh, oh, it's not that bad to be honest it's just a pain you have to let it grow for like three weeks and then you're like well what's the point of this then you wax them and you're mm. like ah uh, <laughs> and then there's they're all and you go all lovely and smooth for about 10 days then it just starts growing back and you go well I'll just shave them yeah yeah or go for the old lasers oh I can't be bothered with all that lasers on my Laz- legs <laughs> lasering hair off what are you fucking talking about <laughs> no you mind it's because I lived in a flat with um, uh, the. I lived with the boyfriend and uh, mm. a couple of girls who I was at the academy with and th- I think they were always like no wax wax always wax never shave never shave your legs always wax your legs and I was like I will and yeah, <laughs> like did it once and went I can't be arsed with this <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, good. Again, good life, great life advice. Good life these advice. Are the, these are the things you've learned via your Amazon purchases. Yes, it's true. Um, oh, look at this lovely. You've got an O-Tom tick twister for people or animals. <laughs> I'm hoping this is for animals. That's for my gross cat who comes in with like parasites dripping off him. Yeah, oh. that was for my cat. God, that's a long time ago because we that tick twister gets some use. <laughs> Does it? Is it still in use now? Is oh, it? got to get the ticks off Freddy. <laughs> they are. And I, I've taken ticks off my uh, dog several times. Mm. Oh, and it's when you disgusting, isn't it? Well, let's 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 take a listener through the process yeah. of taking a tick off. We've already cracked knuckles on the podcast. <laughs> so things can't get more disgusting than that. Yeah, um, because the tick is still very much alive, isn't it? Yes. And it's, yeah, you you sort of you have to take it off very carefully in a specific way. Yeah. So as not to hurt the animal. Yeah. But you you can't leave the tick's legs in. Yeah, like it's got a oh. it's got a. what is it called proboscis or whatever you can't leave that in oh that's not a nice word is it proboscis it is disgusting taking ticks off animals and then then the the worst bit of all Mm. you lift it off and you turn it around and it's like a sort of woodlouse basically yeah you see this little fucking tick legs wriggling around yeah it's repulsive um i think that I think that people think cats are very fastidious and clean. 
They don't care if they've got a tick on them, but we do. So we're more fastidious than them. Yeah, yeah. What you're saying is cats are pricks. They are, and they're gross, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay, good, good. Um, all right, uh, we've got A Night at the Opera by Queen. I don't know if you've heard of Queen. Great oh, band. I think they're going to be big. Keep an ear yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is the 2011 remaster. The I mean, deluxe. you're probably a massive, yeah, you're probably a massive nerd on this. I mean, do you want mm-hmm. to tell us exactly what went, what went on during the remaster? Who was in charge of the digitisation? So I do a Queen podcast now with comedian John Robbins, who's, if anything, a much bigger fan than me. He knows. Does he like Queen? Oh, he just should a really mention bit. that. He should really bring that up it in conversation. Comes up occasionally on the podcast. <laughs> he, <laughs> he loves Queen, and he did. And I've always been like, oh, I don't really know what the difference between the deluxe, the, you know, the remasters, and the old versions. Are, to be honest, and then John brought it up on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. He went, I can't tell the difference. I went, oh, and I went, oh, that's <laughs> funny. Thinking, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. Um. So. so so uh, why Queen? When did you get into Queen? How did that happen, please? We It's quite boring. We had the uh, album. We had a couple of albums and the greatest hits, obviously, in the house when I was a kid. And me and my brother, like, Queen is such a kid's band in a weird way. Like, kids can get really into Queen. And songs yeah. like The Invisible Man are so fun if you're a kid. Um, yeah. Another one bites the dust. I remember yeah, that when I was a kid. They're, yes. they're, like, instantly sing-alongable. And because Freddie Mercury sings so high... Um, kids can sing along and be like i'm in the same key uh and i just never got over it i think once i started getting really into music and stuff as a teenager like Mm. the complexities of music uh and obviously i love musical theater and queen are quite a theatrical show band they are a bit of a musical theater show band yeah yeah yeah. so i think like they're just tailor-made for me i just i just love them are they are they Roger Taylor made. Oh no, shit. Was it Roger Taylor or John yeah, Taylor? No, you're right. Roger, oh, did I get it right? Roger did Taylor, I get Roger a joke Taylor. right? Yes, you I got a joke did. right. Hey, you Brian May used that joke again. Oh. Oh, the Freddie Mercury's were rising. No. Nah. Um, <laughs> I tell you what, I what I've enjoyed about Queen mm. and also musical theatre in the last sort of ten years or so mm-hmm. is people um sort of reviewing how they think about it and realising that the genius and art artistry that goes on into making this bit of culture is not throwaway and cheap and easy, Mm-mm. but in fact, incredible. And one of the things, because I loved Queen as a kid, mm-hmm. like, was, for all the reasons you were just saying. Yeah. And I grew, I grew up in Monmouth in South Wales, which right. is where they recorded Bohemian Rhapsody oh, at Rockfield Studios. Oh, amazing. And, and I remember finding that out when I was probably about 12 or 13, and that's mm-hmm. when Oasis were there recording at, at Rockfield. Yes. And I, and I was like, guys, I was saying to my mates, like, fuck. Bohemian Rhapsody was recorded in Monmouth. This yeah. should be one of the biggest things about our stupid little town. Mm-hmm. No one, no one gave two hoots. Now, now, Suze. Oh, it's they everywhere. can't get enough since that bloody movie. Yeah, yeah, since yeah. The bloody movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bo, Bo Rap HQ. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. Oh, some suntan footed tights from May 2012. Oh, Lovely stuff. The, they're dance tights, I imagine, if they're suntan, because that's the colour I always get. Okay. Are they, are they made by Capizio? They bloody are. Yeah, bloody I, 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 I'm a long-term Capizio wearer <laughs> for dance. <laughs> Not that I've had to buy dance tights recently, but yeah. Sure. Capizio, if you're listening... Get hey, this girl sure likes to wear a hole in the bottom of a capizio's. You should talk. What what is like a, a dance tight? Is it a thicker? Does that yeah, offer they're a thicker. They're, thicker they're, they're um they're basically like opaque tights, but they're nude color. Mm. Um, so yeah, they're like leggings, but 
they're tights. <laughs> but, okay. And they're the colour of your skin. Very nice, very nice. Yeah. Um, tights, the colour of your skin. I mean, what you could also do is just have the colour of your skin. I mean, that's just... That's true. Yeah, but then you, then I've got all my gymnastics scars all up my legs. What's, hang on, what are gymnastics scars? Yeah, just falling off shit because you're a kid and you're shit at gymnastics. I was terrible at gymnastics and I persevered for five years. But I was oh. always falling and I've completely fearless. Fall, completely um, rip all the skin off my shin and I've got scars... Really? Yeah, still got the scars. Were you uh, sort of pushing yourself into that? Was this like a parent's, come on, you've got to be in gymnastics? No, I wanted to be a gymnast. I wanted to be an Olympic gymnast. I I saw gymnastics at the Atlanta Olympics in 96 when I was 11. Mm. And I went, because I wanted to go when I was a little kid, but my parents were like, we're not paying for that, you're out of your mind. And um, (laughs) so I was 11. I said, I want to go to gymnastics. I really, really, I think that I could be an Olympic gymnast like those girls on the tv so my yeah. parents were like oh you find a gymnastics club and you can go and i f- i found one. i had to ring them up myself um and go i want to do gymnastics they were like how old are you i said i am 11 and they did say on the phone like that's very late to start gymnastics and i was like i don't care i can do anything <laughs> and i was just in classes with like seven-year-olds and i was dog shit at it <laughs> <laughs> And I was there for five years. Now, the thing is, I'm saying like, oh, I'm terrible at it. I can still do some of the stuff that I did at gymnastics. Obviously, I can't do splits anymore or stuff. But um, I can still do a decent round off. I can still do stuff on the beam, on the bars. Because, uh, you know, you still take it on board. However, I was bad for a gymnast. So I was like a bad gymnast. In the same way as I'm I'm good for someone who can't play the piano at piano. But I'm yes. a bad pianist. So, yeah. <laughs> I just had no natural aptitude for gymnastics and I'd started really late. <laughs> but this is fascinating. This, this sort of, um, well, this, this self-motivation, that's a mm. really big deal. You're phoning the gymnastic club up yourself. Hello. Yeah. Well, my Hello. parents still had to pay for it. I was 11, but I don't think it was yeah. very, I don't think it was very expensive either. I think, again, we're in like um, massive subsidy, subsidies, national lottery. That's what was paying for that. Uh, right, the national yeah. lottery. So I remember it not being very expensive. Um and the facilities were amazing. They're all brand new from the National Lottery. <laughs> wow. I love that. I love that you saw that on telly and thought, that's the one I wanted me. it. I was like, I want to be an Olympic gymnast. And my mum was, hey, there wasn't, it wasn't like there was support or lack of support. It was just my mum going, oh, okay. <laughs> but if there's ever anything that prepares you for the life we've chosen in stand-up, yeah. it is to follow your dreams yeah. in the teeth of evidence that it's not yes! working. Like they said they would go you're very strong and very stiff they would tell me that and they were like and they would say it's just because you started late and I'm going yeah yeah don't worry about it don't worry and I would work all week because it was on Saturday mornings I would work hard all week on my flexibility like oh they're gonna oh. wow them one day with and I, I and then the, they'd have the um local you know that the county competitions and obviously mm. I was never on the team but I'd go along to the competitions just to help out Oh my God. <laughs> it's really pathetic. I was like, it no, shows it's, willing. <laughs> it's adorable. I love it. It's it's like a, it's a, I don't know. I know Tonya's. I know I Tonya's about ice skating. Oh, there's sort God. of like a there's a why Tonya thing going on. Why Tonya? Why Sue's? I Tonya. I mean, what an amazing story. I think I relate to Tonya Harding for no good reason because <laughs> I'm like, yeah, and she was like an outlier in her sport. Like, no, she was incredibly talented. Sue's. That's the opposite of what you <laughs> were. 
but it's great i this this is good okay good i'm, I'm learning a lot about you i like that i love that determination it's fantastic um all right let's plow on to 2013 now yeah um what have we got here uh oh lovely a nice htc desire hd battery oh, that's oh yeah that's for the old phonio <laughs> yeah classic battery there a volupte eau de toilette spray for women you've nice for that's there. my mum's perfume of choice and you can't buy it in shops anymore so you have to get it on amazon so about oh. once every three years i have to buy her a new bottle of volupte <laughs> Because oh, mums do have to smell a certain way. They have to smell the same, don't yeah, they? Yeah, and she's had that same perfume since I was, like, before I was born. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's much like a sort of, um, I, I guess, uh, a bird returning to its, uh, <laughs> bird, it's it's like, it's tiny little birdlings in the yes. nest. If your mum doesn't smell the same, you won't ever find your mum again. Yeah, that's true. And what I've discovered in lockdown, and I believe Anna Kempner, that's, Anna's, that's her name, Anna Kempner, uh, I believe she's discovered this too. Uh, turns out... I don't because I haven't worn perfume in lockdown at all, and I don't, mm. and she hasn't either. Turns out I don't wear I wear perfume for other people. Turns out, interesting. Since during lockdown, and put it on once, not even when I've done online gigs and stuff. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. That is what that is the that is the best depiction of what lockdown yeah. has taught us all. That the amount of things that we do that we assume are part of our makeup that mm. we do for other people. Yeah. Turns out it's all for others. Yeah. Fuck. I love that. I love that. So here's the key question then. Yeah. When you revert to real life, as and when that happens, yeah. will you start to, you know, before you go out again? Yeah. Go, no, little fuck spritz. Em. Yeah. Let them smell the pits. Absolutely. I did it because uh, when they briefly opened up gigs, sort of end of November mm. uh, into December, I were, uh, when I had a gig, if it was a dressy one, I'd be like, oh, I've got a spritz on some perfume. Otherwise, the whole look is not complete. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, the, the look, i.e. the smell. Um, mm. Okay, good. Uh, so literally the only thing you smell of now is creme de menthe. That is it. Yes, <laughs> and it's lovely and I'm going to have a little bit more. It's just have a little go on that. A little bit of creme de menthe. You, you have a go at that while mm. a random man goes through your Amazon purchase history. Um, <laughs> what have I become? Uh, November 2013, the Breaking mm. Bad official calendar. Love that. Oh, yeah, we're probably into like a lot of Christmas gifts now. Yeah, yeah. So that was probably a Christmas gift for somebody. (laughs) Nice and nice to see the Breaking Bad calendar. That's one for the kids, isn't it, really? (laughs) Yeah. There's Walter White dying of lung cancer. (laughs) Happy March. Um, Enjoy. Yeah. Um, A JML bobble off handheld electrical lint (gasps) remover. That is one of the best things I've ever bought in my life. (laughs) So I am a charity shop fiend. Yes. I've, I've missed those in lockdown. And on a charity shop, head for the sale rail. I have found some amazing stuff on there and it's like a lot of terribly bobbled knitwear, but Mm. like Abercrombie and Fitch, um, Angora cardigan, it was a pound on the sale rail. It was more bobble than cardi and I bought it, I took it home, I de-bobbled it for about 20 minutes. It looked like brand new. And it cost you you how much? A fucking quid? Fucking quid, mate. Not even any postage because I didn't have to get it posted. (laughs) That is what Mick Jagger charity <laughs> shopping would sound like. Oh, do you like my bubble card? I can get all bubbles off this. <laughs> oh, God, I'm enjoying that far too much. That's really pleasing. 
Uh, it's true though. It's true. You've got to get you get the bobbles off. I think charity shops. My mum's worked in a charity shop for years, and the stories she tells, <laughs> the stories she tells. You know, it's like um, someone she knows. If she knows a posh person in her hometown has died recently, yeah. then it's almost like that's the epicenter of a tidal wave of expensive shit that's about to hit her shop. And mm-hmm. she she braces herself for the boxes to arrive, and then she goes through it. She fucking <laughs> loves it. It t- if you are, if you are into hoarding. And kind of people archaeology, you, you doesn't get better than a good charity shop. It's true. And because it's cheap, you're like, I'm making money. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, no, yeah. no, I'm still spending it. They're going to be absolutely rammed as well after lockdown. Oh, We've got God. so much stuff to get rid of. There's so going to be much. a lot. And everyone's gained weight in lockdown. Yes. So people are going to be like, oh, i got to get rid of all my old clothes because I can't fit in them because of lockdown. And guess who'll go in to scoop them up? <laughs> a certain little impish creature who uh, runs in and goes, ooh, just my size. And it's me. And I'll get my de-bobbler and go, it's so good. You've already said you're five foot one. And I've now got an image of you. You know when (laughs) E.T. puts on the costumes and (laughs) E.T. shuffles off? That's a film about me. (laughs) I love that movie. Uh, And I've got eyes like E.T. Not blue, though. Not blue. No, exactly. That plan was scuppered by fear. There's so many great things on your purchase history. So I'm so <laughs> glad I got you on. This is just brilliant. Um, steampunk flip-up lens sunglasses. You got these in June 2014. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was um, for a, a steampunk, no, Tim Burton theme birthday party. So brilliant. I bought them. I remember brilliant. buying them. And I never wore them again. And they're really good. I'm looking around where they might be. Okay, good. Well, this is, again, a part of this podcast is for people to remember, you know, whether it's bobblers or flip-up sunglasses that they have loved and lost. That's it, yeah. Oh, here we go. Look, uh, Helios, a mini bulldog clip, pack of two. I love a bulldog clip. (laughs) I remember what they were for as well. Wow, this is like, I can literally remember what everything was for. That was, I was selling a load of stuff on eBay and I bought a plastic... That I might I might have bought the plastic dummy on eBay, but you buy like a half dress form. Um, yeah. So I might have bought that on eBay, not Amazon. And you put the clothes on it and you clip them to the back so they fit the dress form perfectly. Oh, it's an nice. old tip, old tip. Yeah. Full of tips and tricks tips, today. Tips, yeah. I used to remember playing bulldog clips in my dad's office when I was very young and mm. just putting them on my fingers just to experience pain. Yeah. You put them on the, the skin um, on your underarm, just like, ah, yeah. ah, really, ah, really, ah, really hurts. And then you, you, <laughs> your, your um, instinct is to just pull them off and then it hurts more. You're like, ah, ah. <laughs> stationary. So much stationary, certainly in the 80s, yeah. was, was basically child torture. Yeah, man. Safety pins. Uh, not very oh. safe when it's stuck through the end of my finger, is it? Boom. Mate, that's straight in the set, isn't it? That's fucking great. <laughs> Safety oh. pin? Don't think so. <laughs> call them dangerous pins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who's yeah. with Sh- me? Shatterproof rulers. I think you find they do shatter. Uh, that's, yeah. That's... Uh, try smacking it on the back of Stephen Aitken's head. <laughs> Stephen Aitken was uh, a boy in my class in year four. Hit him with a ruler. And it and it and did it shatter? Did not, soft brained oh, fool. <laughs> you know, Stephen, of course, never walked again. No, I'm sorry about that. Uh hidden fashion, women's ladies, platform lace up canvas pumps. Lovely green. Oh, I like these suits. Canvas- oh yeah, 15. I know them. They were because my first Edinburgh show was called Defying Gravity and it was about me wanting to be in Wicked and also about my parents' divorce. Uh, I linked the two together. And oh, so I Pain wore... and showbiz coming together. Yeah, yes, pow, pow, pow. And I, yeah, I wore, um, I wore green shoes for, <laughs> the, for the show. 
fantastic. I, I mean, one of the great pleasures of doing Edinburgh, we talk about Edinburgh a lot on this podcast, it mm. is the demise of your costume over the over the course of the month, <laughs> yeah. to the point where if anyone is going to Edinburgh, as and when it starts up again, uh, do be warned, people stink by the end of the month. <laughs> yeah, I did Nick Helm's I Think You Stink at the 2019 <laughs> Edinburgh, the last Edinburgh that took place, which mm. is his... Um, like B-movie horror pastiche musical. It's really good. Uh, I was in that and he wore a, he's the devil in the last part of the show. He comes out of Satan and he yeah. wore like a red lycra, just, you know, leotard, um, oh long arms, long legs, leotard. And it did get to the point where we were like, Nick, you gonna, you gonna wash that costume? And he was like, <laughs> oh, we're nearly done. <laughs> <laughs> we're not nearly done. We've got two weeks left, Nick. Two weeks left. You now smell like the devil as well as I Oh, so good. Nick was on this podcast and he was fantastic. Oh, I bet he was so funny. I bet his Amazon purchases are insane. I mean, signed pictures of Pamela Anderson. Do check it out. (laughs) Series two of My Mate Bought a Toaster. Um, Of course, available completely ad-free on Patreon. You're welcome. Look, 2014, ladies cat hooded all in one. Blue SM, I think I mean small, medium, not sadomasochist, nightwear sleep jumpsuit. Blue cat-hooded. You've dressed as a cat, Suze. I definitely don't remember that at all. Having said I remember everything, I... And I would have remembered. Maybe it's just it was... above gaffer tape as well, which is unknown. <laughs> um, maybe it was to dress a victim in that I then gaffer taped up. I don't remember <laughs> buying a... What, did it have like cat ears? What's it look yeah, like? Yeah, it's got cat ears. It's just a onesie. It's I... just a onesie that's got cat ears on the, on the bit. No, absolutely mm. no memory of that. It must have been for somebody else. Well, it's, listen, November 2014, This is it's very uh, showbiz. You've got yeah. things like an old age pensioner, curly grey wig, Smithy 60s beehive wig. Of course, oh. you've got the uh, Sonic the Hedgehog plush Sonic hat. We've all been Yes, which has had a bit of use uh, in the years since for posters and that. I'll tell you mm. what them wigs were for. That's because for my mum's Christmas present that year, me and my brother did a half hour sketch pilot for her. <laughs> What? <laughs> we were, and also like, oh, were you kids? No, I was twenty nine. My brother was twenty seven. We what? yeah, but we were like, oh, she'll love this. But we're and we're like all playing different um, people to do like friends of the family and stuff. So we should say, so Luke is your brother, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So, so, so he is a, also a very accomplished comic as well. Yeah, right? he's much more successful than me. Uh, well, so, so basically <laughs> your mum has got, you know, these two guys putting on her own. Yeah, we did a pilot for her. Um, where, where is it, please? Can we see it? No, what? no one can ever see it. Mate. Because we're like doing impressions of friends of the family. <laughs> It's just for my mum. I think there's something in this. If any commissioners are listening, genuinely, if you did a (laughs) a series of sketch shows that people have made just for their family... Yeah, we'd have to redo it because there's no way that could go out. It's libelous. But yeah, we, <laughs> we did that. And we, But like at various points, we show up in the sketch show as my mum. So oh we, my there's a, there was a short blonde wig for my mum. And we like show, we just put on her coat and we'd sit with a laptop like we're watching like we're watching the sketches so it would cut to me or my brother as my mum going oh that's horrible and stuff Fuck, this is this is deviously meta <laughs> this is a sketch show that's eating itself and i love it oh my some God. of it was like like we reenacted things that actually had happened in our family's history like over the years um mm. and we took turns playing different people and 
we had a great time. We shot it in like six hours. I, okay, can I just say, <laughs> can I just say, I, I need to see this. This is the first thing I need to say. Secondly, <laughs> right, even if I need, I've got your password for your Amazon account. I must be able to use that. It must, must be on a Dropbox somewhere. Can I just say, as an idea, an Edinburgh show, right, mm. that is uh, siblings putting on a sketch show for their imagined mum sitting in the audience. Yeah. That is a genius idea. <laughs> okay, Fighting. Yeah. yeah and just fight it and just and just but doing uh sketches for stories that you assume the fictional mum in the audience knows already and like yeah oh, i don't know just pretending the audience is your mum and it's just her that is that is good it is an idea isn't it i'll put i'll pitch it to my brother we had the yeah. idea last year that because we've never done anything together like ever um mm. We uh, like you know a few things over the years, but nothing proper. Uh, and we, but we had the idea last year to do run a siblings pub quiz in Edinburgh, in like right. one of the gilded balloon rooms or something. And but the problem is, like my 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 brother's younger than me, but I feel bad for him because I'm quite anarchic on stage and will derail things quite a lot. You can see why he's <laughs> more successful than me. Um, so like I think it would have been an awful lot of me like going. Da, 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 but we probably still will do this uh, Edinburgh pub quiz idea again. It's a great idea. I just can't believe you're you're older than him. You shouldn't be the big annoying. No. Show also, I think it's because like I'm a girl, and girls are supposed to behave a certain way, and I'm like, oh really? Good, good. Quite right too. Quite right too. Capering. Listen, Suze, I could talk to you all day, but we need to crack on. Okay, sorry, sorry. So, technically not your fault, although you know you are fifty percent. It's a bit my fault. Responsible for a lot of the talking that's happened. So. So here's what we're going to do, right? Okay. Also, because if you think you're a derailer, I'm a derailer as well. Which is <laughs> no point has this episode been on the rails. When our powers combine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. So what we're going to do, Suze, I'm just going to do like an ultra quick browse through loads of stuff. Okay. Right? So quick answers. Yeah. Okay? Uh, so 2016, uh, what have we got? Barry M Cosmetics Moisturising Lip Paint Cranberry Red. Hello. Good colour, good colour. I've used that colour a lot and it is for a character I do call Philidia and she always wears cranberry red Barry M. Love it. She's straight out of a Jelly Cooper book. Yes, she is. Um, Spider X Aerosol Spray, 4th of September 2016. <laughs> spiders are scary. Spray your rooms. <laughs> right, okay, do you, do you do a preemptive strike on the spiders? Yeah, every September when they come out to bone, I spray all of my rooms so that they can't, so they don't want to have sex in there. There'll be no fucking in here. What you should do, yeah. actually, is just put pictures of the spider's parents on the walls and then they'll be too awkward to fucking <laughs> Yeah. Oh, good luck, guys. <laughs> uh, women's running fitness top, removable padded sports bra, 4th of January 2017. Uh, now. Yeah, always get, when ladies, when you buy a sports bra, it doesn't matter how big your knockers are, always buy one with removable pads because, and, and then leave the pads in. They soak up the sweat. <gasps> it's more support. You'll have a great time. You, um, like... I I have discovered right this right this is TMI but I have discovered that through all the times I've tried wearing stick-on bras I've done those where you buy the silicone stick-on bra oh. they don't do anything like unless you've got no boobs at all they're not going to do anything mm. they're so they're just like a bump under your clothes just go without 
Ladies, ditch the bra if you're going out in a top that requires a low back. So hang on. So, but what about the support? Because that's the problem, isn't it? There's the whole joke about two black eyes if, when you run. But you've got yeah. If you're running, yeah. if you're running, you want a little support. Not that I've got like gigantic knockaroos or anything. Mm. But um, yeah. Uh, but like the removable pads, discovering that they add a whole new level of support and they stop your um, sweat being so gross. Spy- uh, I, I, this is absolutely genius. Fucking brilliant. Spiders fucking tit sweat. Tenth um, <laughs> of February twenty. 17 ivy black sticky dots oh i know what they were for that was because in my 2017 edinburgh show originally i was going to get someone up from the audience to be robert de niro and then i was going <laughs> to stick a mole on them <laughs> and i i i um, abandoned it very quickly because people in the audience were just like what the fuck are you doing um but yeah that's what those dots were for <laughs> That's great. I love it. Can you not stick that on my face, please? <laughs> it was more the people on stage would be like, oh, that's fine. But the people in the audience would be like, and what? <laughs> that's great. I love confusing an audience. Um, all right, here we go. We're into 2020 now. We're going to come charging into the present wow. series. Let's have a look at your uh, 2020. 192 yeah. Oh, items. God. Okay. Third um, of January, twenty twenty-one. Actually, mm. this, so this is the le- one of the latest things you bought. Yeah, this is a lovely New Year's present for yourself. Twenty pounds <laughs> on the uh, pulse oximeter fingertip blood oxygen oh. monitor. <laughs> Guess who got COVID? Me and then Anna Kempner, who I live with, because Luke Kempner gets to live in a house on his own. I get to live with mummy. He, uh, yeah, so I got COVID at the last gig that was allowed to take place on December 15th. It was like absolute super spreader event. Everybody got it. Um, And I got it and it wasn't very nice, but it wasn't the worst. My mum got it and it was like, oh, fucking hell, ambulance on standby time. I got an oximeter and her blood oxygen was, quite low oh, but she dude. pulled through and now she's downstairs crying <laughs> <laughs> um that is uh wow wow but those, those oximeters uh, a friend of mine got covid and he bought one of those as well because it does yeah. give you a bit of um uh, security because you can panic can't you yeah. and think that your oxygen levels oh, are dropping yeah and also my mum never got out of breath mm. whereas i did whereas and my blood oxygen was higher than hers right. so it shows like you can be but she couldn't she couldn't get out of bed for like two and a half weeks it was awful oh, and then awful. she felt i could tell she was feeling better cuz on january 6th day of the uh, the maga riots remember that yeah. she was like um, she stayed up all night watching them on a computer and i kept like i just sat on the end of the bed going like yeah 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 and she was feeling much better because she stayed up watching MAGA rights. Always, always <laughs> a sign that you're better. You'll know you're on the yes. mend from COVID when you watch CNN throughout yeah, the night. That's I it. tell you what, though. Fuck. I mean, I hope your mum's a supporter of your career because it's literally nearly killed her. <laughs> She's a supporter of Trump. <laughs> he's, he's very misunderstood he's, she does support my career because her job is she's a professional dressage rider who's never had any money so she, the idea of her going like you can't do a stupid job I'll be like oh let's talk about the dancing horses shall we Oh, my, has your, it made you rich mother no 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 your mum is a, is a dressage rider that's right that's right fuck this is great <laughs> I absolutely hence why they couldn't afford the singing lessons I suppose I guess, yeah. It's a sport for the rich. And if you haven't got money to start with, don't expect to make very much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Okay. So listen, we are in the, very much in the present now as we get towards the end of this episode of My Mate Board Toaster. Suze, this has been a delight. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, You you. have bought some raspberry flavoured vodka. Yay. Buy it again. 
There it is, mate. Buy it I again. feel like I should buy something now on Amazon so it'll pop up and you can be like, oh, she's bought something. The latest else. thing, live shopping. Live shopping. <laughs> uh, look at this. Uh, February 2021, you've gone for some Bostic white blue tack. Well, it's not blue tack, is it? It's white tack, please. It's white tack. Mm. I wanted it to match the colour of Michael Jackson as he died. <laughs> That's what, because I saw Michael Jackson. Do you know this? What? I saw him in 2009, two months before he died. I was working as a dog handler on Oliver on the West End. And uh, what would draw, what musical could draw a man who enjoys the company of boys? Oliver. (laughs) He came and he did a backstage tour. Um, Let me tell you, he had no interest in meeting the dog or the dog handler, but he certainly wanted to meet uh, a 30 little cast members. So anyway, but he he then... He, and and like I thought, I like because like to be honest, I have always thought, yeah, he did it. <laughs> yeah, so obviously when he, he did. was walking, he did. those interviews that came out last year were harrowing. I mean, I, yeah, I, but this is like, oh, yeah, God, it was um because I, I I work on magic and we used to play him all the time mm. on magic and I emailed mm-hmm. emailed my boss at magic right. that evening and said I'm never playing another Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah, I I like I would I always thought he did it, yeah. but I would still sing at weddings like Don't blame it on the sunshine, and you go, yeah, everyone loves it, mm. and I went, oh, I just don't. It doesn't feel right singing the way you make me feel anymore oh. when you imagine him. singing singing it to like a boy. <laughs> so, so are you are you being um are you being are you are you cranking this up for comedic effect or was he genuinely like okay can I have a look at the changing facilities now? He no, he wasn't like that but he really he he had handlers with him. Yeah. He didn't look all there and he said I want to meet Oliver and Dodger. And uh and the, yeah, they were and they were trying to advise him against it but they were saying the show's about to start. The show was held up by a lot because he um, wouldn't take his seat. He kept standing up and waving to everybody. Um, and then the, the streets were just packed with paparazzi and I couldn't get out and I got ended up getting stuck right next to him coming out of the theatre. And that, But that every time I saw him, I just thought, you look like white blue tack. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe white tack, <laughs> the, fi- the final item of today's episode, has led to such a revelatory story <laughs> about Michael Jackson. Yeah, it was crazy. And then two months later, he was dead. Mate, you you were... So in the last few seconds, you, your mum mm-hmm. was a dressage rider. <laughs> yeah. She nearly died of COVID. And yeah. you were a dog handler who met Michael Jackson, who was trying to meet small boys backstage. I call that a wrap. <laughs> I think we'll leave that right there. <laughs> I would drop the mic, but it's very expensive. I'm not going to do yeah, that. Yeah, don't do that. Um, Susan, you're absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for doing this Thanks podcast. Thanks for having me. Of course. I think you're so fucking funny you are so so <laughs> great you. on this but on, on twitter as well i think you're brilliant and what Thank is your twitter you. handle please at suz uk s-o-o-z uk okay great indeed suz thanks for joining us thank you bye bye, bye Tom. bye have a good one bye 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 no more i want no more if you love me really baby don't walk out that back door Suze Kempner, my personal queen of Twitter. All hail the Kempnertron, as I'm now calling her dubiously. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I've got to say a big hello to Alison, who tweeted us this week at ToasterPod on Twitter. Uh, and she was extremely nice. She said, uh, I won't lie, ToasterPod is the only podcast I actually bother to finish episodes for. Which I honestly, I assume no one's listening to this bit. So I really could go on and on for ages because once the guest is gone, are you still here? Alison is very kind. I know it's because you're waiting for the theme tune at the end. I understand that. 
I know what I'm here for. I'm talking over the theme tune. It's annoying. Uh, anyway, Alison, thank you very much indeed for your lovely tweet. And thank you to everyone who is following us on Patreon. Next week's episode is Nina Conti. That is now going up today on Patreon. So if you want to get your ears around next week's episode, ad-free, exclusively early, um, head over to patreon.com slash toasterpod. From as little as three quid a month, I, it's next to nothing, three quid. And it just, if a whole bunch of you uh, gives us that, it makes such a massive difference to the whole production. So thank you very much indeed uh, to people who found time to do that. Patreon.com slash toasterpod. Uh, and you can give us a hand over there and get your ears around Nina Conti, uh, which is up next. Anyway, that's it for today. Back to the music, I guess, for a little bit. It's an S-Pod thing. The podcast revisiting S-Club 7's insane TV show. Yeah, I can't imagine anyone's binge-watched this, anyone who's not on drugs. <laughs> Thank you for bringing this into my life. Uh, it was honestly, <laughs> truly appalling. Guests help me analyse the show in more detail than anyone ever asked for. It feels weird to me to say the phrase sex object in a show that <laughs> was aimed at six-year-olds. Do you think, do you think this is one of the problems with this show is that seven is too much? It's an S-Pod thing from Great Big Owl.